Hey guys, um, welcome to another episode of the Stripped Away podcast. I'm really thankful that you are joining us today. Um, I promised you that uh, when I started this, I, I said I wasn't exactly sure what I was doing, but I, I, I wanted to do a podcast that was um, meaningful and would challenge you and inspire you and cause you to think. There's lots of podcasts out there you could listen to, but I just wanted it to be one that uh, offered the opportunity to be healthier um, and to be um, more honorable and surrender to God. And so I have um, invited my friend, Lisa Underwood, to be with me today. Lisa has been my friend for 30-something years and she is one of my dearest friends. And we have been together. Uh, there's a group of friends who we've all been together for over 30 years, well, close to 30 years. And we've raised our children together. We've traveled. We, we really are more like family than we are friends. And so I, I, I invited Lisa to be here today. Lisa um, lost her son, Zach, about nine and a half months ago to a, um, an unintentional overdose. And I wanted her to share her heart. Uh, I wanted her to tell us about her amazing son. Uh, Lisa, welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I would... I'd just like for you to start, if you would, by just telling us a little bit about that boy of yours. Tell us a little bit about Zachary. Mm. Zach was born with a big heart. He was, he loved, he loved to be loved. He was kind. He was generous. I mean, even from the time he was a little boy, mm -hmm. one of my favorite stories about Zach was um, when he was in the fourth grade, there was that major tsunami in Indonesia. And mm -hmm. he had gone to school, and I think the Red Cross had come to school. Uh, he went to Irma Siegel Elementary here in Murfreesboro. And the Red Cross had come because they were doing a drive um, for donations for the tsunami victims. And he had gone to that probably assembly in the gym that day, fourth grader, and he had just have turned how old do you turn in the fourth grade 10 I think he had just Maybe. turned 10 years old yeah. um and he came home and he was telling me about it and he said mama I just want to give them all the birthday money that mm -hmm. I got uh, I want to donate that to the Red Cross to help those people and um and he'd, he'd gotten some money you know he family members and and things like that he had gotten a significant amount of money for mm. a 10 year old you know and but that's what he wanted to do that was that was Zach's heart that was mm -hmm. always Zach's heart even um through throughout his life till the end yes, yes. we um we all have amazing Zach stories over the years again my boys and him and all our kids we've been so close and just it's really important to talk about um, Zach's heart 
it was it was mostly the biggest part of him. <laughs> In addition to his head. He had a head. But he grew into it and quite beautifully. It's a good thing that he had that head because it matched his body now when he grew up. But I just I really wanna wanna talk about what this journey has been like for you. Again, I said I, I think it's been about nine and a half months. Is that accurate? Around August nine months? Twenty seven. Since Zach passed away. Mm-hmm. And can you just tell us a little bit about, just tell us a little bit about that experience and what you're coming to recognize and understand about, about Zach and, and just walking through, uh, just, just start there. Tell us a little bit about that. In, in the last nine months? Yes, yes, in the last nine months. Ooh. What? Well, as you can imagine, it's the hardest thing any parent could ever do. Yes. Um, that it's awful to be quite honest with you. It's terrible. But uh, very early on, within the first couple of weeks after Zach passed away, I, I heard God say to me, I've got him. Mm-hmm. You go get them. And I think them are people that are struggling, people that are struggling with addiction. Uh, families that have to walk that out. But I think most importantly, and my husband, I told my husband that, and that literally was about maybe three weeks after Zach passed away. And I said it to my husband and he said, the, he said, God said the exact same thing to mm-hmm. me. So um, in that time, I have met his friends. Whew, beautiful beautiful people with beautiful hearts and Zachary struggled with addiction for probably nine years Mm -hmm. and during that time all we kept saying was you need to find a different friend group you need to find different people um, in your life you need you need you know we we were looking at the straight and narrow buttoned up people right saying this is these need to be your examples, but let me tell you what, I have met his friends. I love his friends. Mm-hmm. I, they have reached out to me, given me more comfort, given me more love than I could possibly have imagined. And those people that struggle, and not all his friends have addiction problems. Mm-hmm. Some of them do, but some of them don't, but mm-hmm. they live a different life maybe than what I had envisioned uh, for Zachary. And mm-hmm. man, was I wrong about some yes. of my preconceptions uh, concerning that. Right. I think that it's one of the things I was thinking about this morning, and, and, and I'm older, but I remember that radio show that with Paul Harvey, and he used to tell a story. Then he say, then he would end with, "There's, you know, he'd say, there's the rest of the story." And I'm so thankful for. I always say I'm so thankful for what my children teach me. I always thought it was the other way around, but it's not. I'm so thankful for what Zachary has taught me, um, and I'm ashamed to say in my life I've been one of those judgmental people who have looked at somebody who is struggling with addiction or is in process of freedom and, and judged them. And 
We always say the church is supposed to be a hospital, but it's really not most of the time. And to recognize the goodness, we all struggle. We all have something that we struggle with. And it seems to me that there's so many things out there that we want to judge and say, well, that one's not okay, and this one. And boy, have we learned a valuable lesson by listening to, just by hearing the stories of how Zachary poured into people's lives, how he gave his last dime, how he stood in the gap for so many people in difficult, dark places. Zachary always had a heart to love the unlovable. He believed in them. I remember um, when people were paying tribute to him, um, I guess on his Facebook page after he passed away, and actually our friend Nathan that mm-hmm. uh, with you co co-memorialized Zach at his um, mm. memorial service. Um, Nathan read one quote and from one of his friends that said he would walk into a room and find the most broken person in the room and he would go befriend them. Ooh. And I just, um, one of his friends that I love that painted that beautiful mm-hmm. portrait that you have in your office that, yes. and I have on my, uh, in my bedroom on my dresser so I can look at it first thing in the morning when I wake up. It's a portrait mm-hmm. of Zach that she drew. And we were, um, we were texting this weekend and we were, we were talking about something and she, and she said, um, her fiance wore one of Zach's necklaces to a concert he was going to this weekend and he wore a bracelet that Zach had given her. But, but she said, mm-hmm. She didn't go to this particular concert because it was expensive. And, and she said, but, she, and she just said this aside thing to me. She said, if Zach were here, he would have bought me a ticket to that and not allowed me to protest that he <laughs> bought the ticket for that, yes. to, for her to go. But anyway, she's a precious, precious friend to him. But she, you know, she has, told me stories all Zach's friends he's got wonderful friends they have I've gone to eat lunch with them I've gone mm-hmm. you know I've, I've communicated with them we've gone to the dog park mm-hmm. we inherited Zach's dog Dahlia yeah. <laughs> and uh, all his friends want to visit with Dahlia yes. uh, at the dog park but it they've just been beautiful beautiful hearts um mm-hmm. and it just shows me who zach loved and who zach's friends mm-hmm. were and sometimes they may not look like those buttoned up college graduated uh on the right path right. in my mind on That's what right. i used to think uh friends but they indeed were the best people and are the best people and the best friends for him and yes. boy they loved him and he loved them back Yes, 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 yes. You know, I I think that the more we surrender to Jesus, the more He opens our eyes, our eyes to the truth. You know, His Word is very clear, and it says the truth will set you free. And many times we are 
grown up in places or around a lot of people, me included, where it becomes more religious. And, you know, it's, I've heard this quote that says, you know, does, uh, do you clean up before you take a shower? It's like, no, you don't. Zachary's story has changed. It's changed my life. Um, Zach had a heart for the broken. He did not turn people away. He did not judge them based on what they could or could not give him or how they looked or how they acted. He was prompted, like you said, to find the one who needed the love and the care and the word of encouragement. He would find that kiddo or that person in the room and he would go and befriend him or her. It sounds a lot like Jesus. It sounds a lot like what he would do. You know, I can't stop reading about the disciples. Boy, they struggled, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. His best friend, Mary, struggled so much with so many difficult things. And I always think about how we imagine, I've not experienced this, but we imagine a touch from Jesus. Automatically, we are just, everything has changed. doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. We're in process. And so why is it that we all just try to be good enough? Lisa, tell us a little bit more about God's faithfulness as you've walked this out. Um, when, as if you, if anybody's ever um, walked out a relationship with somebody suffering from the disease of addiction, it's yes. it's a tough walk. Mm-hmm. It's a tough walk. It's up. It's down. Um. I I have to I I remember something that a young man who struggles with addiction told mm-hmm. me after Zach's death. He said every one of us regret the day we tried something that led to this. Yes. I saw Zach struggle up and down, in and out, counseling Cumberland Heights yes. for years. We 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 had to set boundaries. We had to welcome him with open arms. We had to do so many things. It's such a hard, it's not an exact science right. at all. And through it all, the last, God gave me a verse. I, and this was right before he went to rehab in um, 2019. I have a, I have the Bible app on my phone mm-hmm. and it kept vibrating one day, which is weird. It didn't usually do that in mm-hmm. a lot. It keeps vibrating. So I picked it up and I looked at it and it was um, Isaiah 43, 19. And I won't get the exact wording mm, okay. correct, but it said, see, see, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? I am making a pathway through the forest and bringing waters to the dry wasteland. Yes. Within days of that verse, Zachary called us and said, I think I need help. Mm-hmm. I think I need to go to rehab. And we made that happen. By the grace of God, he was seeing a counselor at that time. And that um, gentleman happened to be a former counselor at Cumberland Heights. And he mm-hmm. got him in immediately. And Zach went through the young man's, mm-hmm. young men's program there. But, um, you know, God, 
God changed something in Zach that that prior August of 2019, and, and Zachary would pray with us, and Zachary would know he's still an unconventional dude. He wasn't he wasn't showing up to church in his suit on Sunday no. by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. But you know, and Zach Zach like had in his youth had had you know been in church, been in youth group, gave yes. his life to the Lord yes. at a younger age in his teenage years, um, early teens. He rededicated himself. At, um, at a mm. youth event at church, so it wasn't like Zach didn't know the Lord. He yes, knew the he Lord. Did know the Lord. Uh, and he was, but he was walking it out. And there were many ups and downs because, again, the disease of addiction. Mm. I keep saying is it's a disease of the brain. It's mm. it's um, it's neuropathways that are messed up. It. So it's just like when you're dealing with somebody who loved the Lord who had Alzheimer's and they can't, their mm-hmm. brain doesn't always that's function right. correctly. Mm-hmm. So that's, <clears throat> that's what I likened it to. But he, um, and I'm not saying that you can't get out of it. And he, boy, he tried and boy, he, tried he tried. And, yes. But, but God was so faithful. The last two weeks of Zach's life, he had, he had not been living with us and he asked to come home. And mm. it was, you know, at first it was like, whoo, can we, survive these boundaries because we have to set some boundaries um and i give credit to my husband for saying we got to do this and and i said okay we're gonna do this and the lord transformed zachary i got my boy back those last two weeks of his life i we prayed we prayed a prayer i've never heard my husband pray a prayer like that um and within 36 hours zachary called and said can I come home? Yes. I'm, I'm sick of this life. I got to get out of this life. Can I come home? And we said yes. And we said, "Whoa, that was the Lord answering that oh, prayer yes. quickly." And for that last two weeks of Zachary's life, <clears throat> God answered. I, I wear this these bracelets on my arm that are all the mm-hmm. all the scripture that I had prayed over for Zachary for years. Not only me, but everybody everybody when somebody would inquire about that to me i'd say when he comes to your mind just pray for that boy that was and you would give us specific scripture Mm. could you pray this in agreement over his life yeah and Mm. god answered those scriptures Mm -hmm. in that last two weeks of zachary's life and and his death is very bittersweet because he had been moving out of the place where he lived in Nashville, and he was uh, bringing all his things to a storage unit um, because he couldn't bring them all to the house. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that he hurt his back. And so there is a drug called ketamine, and mm-hmm. in drug clinics they microdose that because it helps curb addiction. Yes. When Zachary died. And the autopsy came back. He had ketamine and fentanyl in his system. Mm-hmm. So the ketamine was laced with fentanyl. Now, I'm not saying he got that at a drug clinic. I don't know where he got it. He obviously probably didn't get that at a drug clinic. Right. But um, but the ketamine was laced with fentanyl. And so he, in his effort to not abuse mm-hmm. Uh, he, that's what happened. So it's it's very bittersweet. Um, my nephew, I think, said it 
in in a way I could appreciate. He said, he Aunt Lisa, he went out trying. He went out yes. on, on top. He went out trying to beat it. He didn't succumb to it. He was trying to beat it. Yes, he was. You know, I was I was thinking about Zach as I often do, and uh, I don't think I ever met a boy that tried so hard to get well. He tried everything. He cried out. He tried this. He tried that. He wanted to be healthy and to see those last two weeks. You said it so often to me, I got my boy back. There was amends and sweet moments and surely the that God restored everything that the locusts had eaten. I saw it with my own eyes. I know. And so when I, and I go to those places, obviously, as a parent who's lost a child, why it's not fair, why did this happen? You know, cried out to God, why did you let this happen? He was Mm -hmm. doing so well, and I have to keep going back to the goodness of God and what he did, how he answered those, because even his death could have been such a different situation. He could have been found still living in that place in Nashville, and we didn't know anything about it. You know, he he brought him home. He reconciled us. Yes. Um, So, you know, that's what I focus on, the Mm. goodness of God. Even though it's the most terrible situation, Mm -hmm. God is still good. God is still in control. As my husband said, um, you know, God knew the number of days in Zachary's life before Zachary was born. Yes. We didn't know him. It's not how we wanted it. Right. But God knew. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know, Lisa, I think you said this to me, or maybe you sort of said it to me, but I thought about it this morning. It's like, you know, we hear so many people talking about addicts junkies, addicts, whatever name you want to call someone who struggles with this disease. And to realize that that addict was your precious son, was my precious friend. Let our hearts be opened. Let our hearts be open to... understanding tell us Lisa you have walked it with addiction the ups and the downs and we've walked with you and watched you stand firm and want to give up and stand firm and and learn how to be that mom that God called you to be what, what would you say to other parents? What would you say, what would you want people to know? Because I know you probably have heard this. You are so strong, and how did you do that? There's so many times I think we do what we have to do because we have to do it. I think what I would say to any parent, and it took me a while to understand it, it is a disease. They don't want it. He mm-hmm. didn't want it. He wanted out. He, I can't tell you how much counseling, how much, you know, there was rehab, there was counseling. 
he didn't want it. Um, and But there's a lot of anger. There's anger um, as a parent. Just why can't you? Why can't you stop? Why can't mm-hmm. you change direction? Why can't you? And, you know, they... It's a process, and right. it's not overnight. Mm-mm. And he made so much progress in, in the last whew, four years of his life. He made so much progress. Um, but it's a hard, it's, it's a hard thing. Um, it's a hard disease. It really, really is a hard disease. Uh, and to your point about people, the way people refer to people in addiction junkie I've, I've heard that on the news so many times lately with these with home the homeless crisis they're just junkies from these commentators and these and it mm-hmm. just I can't I can't even deal with that because they're they're people they're somebody's yes. child they're somebody's brother they're somebody's grandchild husband wife whatever yes. Um, and it's just, I wish people could be more educated on the disease itself. It's yes. not a moral weakness. I'm so tired of hearing it's, yes. it's a moral weakness. It's not. Now, I'm not saying you don't make a bad decision to maybe start um, using something that maybe that was a choice you should not have made. And he was very, he owned his choices, you know, mm-hmm. he owned that he had made some bad decisions when he was younger that ultimately led to this mm-hmm. cycle. But <clears throat> I think what I would say to the parents is whew, there there are times when you have to draw boundaries because you're going to lose your mind if you right. don't. Um, but at the same time, you always have to have that love and that acceptance and that open that those open arms um when they do when they are trying when they want to Mm -hmm. come home um you know there were there were there was a period of time when I didn't speak to him for a while um Mm -hmm. because I had to set that boundary and and um learned some of that in in therapy because pretty much had open borders as far as boundaries were concerned but you know when when it counted when we needed when he needed us we were always there for him and we were always there to help so I don't think you can write them off I don't think you can say it's a moral decision and they're choosing immorality right I you know it's mm-hmm. it's a disease and it is hard mm-hmm. to overcome and god yes. bless those who do and those who do battle with it their entire lives i we're we're in counseling um and it's really another god thing zachary found a counselor who was an addiction therapist and he was seeing her um right up to the time he passed away and she had agreed to take us on in grief mm-hmm. counseling uh, after after that. And actually, I was seeing her while while Zach was still with us here, but I was seeing her separate from Zach. Just to, yes. I'm trying to navigate the the whole addiction right. thing um, and and how to handle that with your loved one. But she said addiction is like, and I heard this at Cumberland Heights too. In our family time there at Cumberland Heights, it's it's always there. The mm-hmm. disease is always there, and and she said, if you, it's a monster, and 
if you're not in active addiction, the monster lays down and eventually the grass grows over the monster. But the first time you, if you're an alcoholic, the first time you take a drink, one eye pops open on that yes. monster. Mm. And then you take that drink and you don't have any problems. So maybe a few months later, it's Christmas and you decide to take another drink with the yes. family at Christmas. And then the monster sits back up and says, oh, we're, we're back in business again. So yes. I thought that was a good way. And she also talked about if you're, if you're predisposed to it. And, and let me just say, he was, we both on both sides of our family, my husband's side and my side, there, there is addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So there's some genetics there. Uh, but he, my counselor told us this too, when you, maybe you and I both get a peanut butter cookie, you have a peanut allergy. I don't. We take a bite of that cookie you immediately break out in hives right. or your throat closes up. I digest my cookie and it's just fine. I'm just fine. I want another cookie. And she said that's how addiction works as Good well. Point. You know, he, yeah. something that is not hard for you might be hard for me in right. addiction. Right. It's mm-hmm. good. Lisa, we are uh, drawing close to the time uh, to stop the... Um, to draw to a close, our time today at least. But I want to, I'd like to bring up and, and, and sort of end with, as we've talked about, you know, when all of us who love Zachary talk about Zachary, uh, we all kind of came up with this sort of adage, and it's so, so um, fitting for him, and it's um, love like Zach. Love like Zach. And, um, you know, uh, you mentioned I have a picture in my office that uh, his friend Sarah Sarah. uh, painted. uh, It's so beautiful. And it reminds me. It reminds me. I'll keep it in there. And I want to remember. I want to remember that. So could you just talk about that, Love Like Zach? It's really, we'll just close there. It's really his, uh, his desire has always been to change lives and to see people healthy and whole who maybe never had an opportunity to get the resources that he had. So if you could just mention just love like Zach just for a few minutes and we'll, we'll close there. But yeah, um, he did. He had a heart for people. Always did. Like I said, since he was a little guy, uh, one of my, another story I have about that is, um, after he died, his friends had a little uh, celebration of life for him, uh, actually at the campus pub at Murfreesboro is where they had it. And um, they had posted it on Facebook, and we saw it, and I actually went. Terry wasn't feeling well that day, but I went, and um, some of my friends went, my parents went, and when we got but nobody knew we were coming they they thought it was just going to be his his friend group they didn't know that any of his family would show up and we got there and there was a young man and he had made a poster of these different mm. photos of Zach, like a collage poster. He didn't know I was going to be there, but he had this poster and he brought a sharpie and he wanted everybody to sign the poster. I think he was going to keep it and at the end of the day he said I'd like for you to have this poster. 
he said, I want you to have it. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah. So after the day was over, I took the poster back and um, I I looked over it when I got home. And the young man who had brought the poster had written on there, thank you, Zach. You helped me find my passion and helped me um, to see what my life was worth. Mm. He said, I'm three months sober today. Mm. And he signed his name to it. And that's who Zach was. Even when Zach was struggling, he was trying to get those around him who may have been struggling out of it. Yes. Mm. Lisa, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for sharing your heart and your boy and your sweet boy. And um, I'm going to remember, and I hope, I hope that all that are listening will remember just this story of Zach and to remember to love like Zach. Thank you. Thank you.